Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast, it's the football podcast. Everybody's here and we're all talking football. We're talking about last week's games, transfer news, this week's games, and everything in between. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe, and comment. Drop any reviews you want to drop, and let's generally get this podcast shared around. Right, let's get started. So here we go. This is Cookie Cast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. She is not wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome along to another week your football fix we're going to talk all things Middlesbrough Hull City and Nottingham Forest not necessarily in that order but before we go into last week's results and next week's predictions we'll just do a quick transfer wrap up as that may come into play later on for some of the predictions and, and things like that uh, just the uh, just the one def- definitive piece from this week, and it's been completed today. Middlesbrough have completed the signing of USA international forward Matthew Hoppy, who's joined from Mallorca. This is all taken from the Middlesbrough official website. The 21-year-old has signed a four-year contract with the Borough. Uh, his career started with the LA Galaxy Academy, and he's had spells in Europe with Bundesliga outfit Schalke 04 and Mallorca. So, boosting the attacking ranks at the Borough. That's the only signing in the door, sealed and delivered. Um, from a Middlesbrough and Hull perspective, however, there is talks today that Middlesbrough target Jacob Greaves has rejected several contract offers from Hull City. Now, this is unconfirmed reports. This is nothing that's come out from any, the, the club themselves or anything like that. Uh, but he is in the final year of his current deal and apparently has rejected multiple contract offers Stu, what's the crack? Well, it's reported that, obviously, he's still got the rest of the season, so he's got the best part of a year on that deal, and that the club have an option of a further year. So if they trigger that, and obviously, at this day and age, it's, the contract's only worth as much as it takes to not have a prima donna of a player sort of kicking off about it. But, effectively, he's, he's got the best part of two years left on his contract. So, I think... The premise of it is the new guys have come in, spent an absolute ton of money, and Jacob Greaves will still be effectively on the old wage structures contract. So I would expect that if anything, Middlesbrough will be doing him a favour in the sense of I don't think he'll go anywhere, but that interest will help him to uh, increase his own circumstances, shall we say. Yeah, do you reckon it's anything to do with like right. him trying to get a clause put in for like a release plea, a release fee or anything? Like that? Or is it just a case of do you reckon it's just haggling over money? I doubt. It. I, I mean, ultimately, these guys have come in. They've got the ambitions of promotion at some point in the near future. Um, the you know the kid's dad used to play for the club. He's got connections to the area. I, I think it, it. If it was me, I would. I would have thought it would just be. A money issue because there's too there's too many sort of boxes ticked if you like, 
um, for him to be desperate to move on. I think it's very different to the King Lewis Potter thing on the basis of like he genuinely wanted to go straight away as soon as he could, whereas he, he you know, he, with Jacob Greaves, I, I think there's, there's too much to keep him here aside from the, um, I think you know, the, the football aspect. So. It's slightly different than the KLP situation because that's Premier League football when he's broken into the under twenty ones and stuff like that. So there's an obvious progress in his uh, career. Um, whereas this, um, this is more of a sidestep. It's staying unless unless Middlesbrough are offering amazing wages, then it seems like it's just trying to get more money out of the club kind of thing. And yeah. and, ob- and obviously that's, that's something that he won't even know about at this point because obviously if, if the bids have been rejected by Hull, which apparently they have, if, this is all, these are all unconfirmed rumours, but if, if the bids have been rejected that have gone in, then personal terms won't have even been discussed because then you're getting into like, tapping up territory and stuff like that, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's yeah. all I've got from uh, from a borough and a whole perspective. I did see that there was uh, some some rumours about Forest not being done with their recruitment um, for. I mean, you name, you name a player, Forest have probably been linked to it at the moment. It's it's unbelievable. We've had um, we had a, a bid accepted, terms agreed, and he the. Medical was set for Marine Moreno from from Betis, and then he changed his mind. But apparently, is a bit more of a bit like the Greave situation. Apparently, is is due to sign an improved contract. Uh, but yeah, Emmanuel Dennis. Yeah, you name it. You name a striker, a central midfield player, or a left back. Even though we already have two. Um, uh, you know, centre midfielders seem to be the thing, um, and we're probably linked with them at the moment. Uh, yeah, watch this. Yeah. Thing. Dennis was the uh, Dennis was the one that I'd seen in the last uh, in the last couple of hours. The, the, the Gibbs White saga carries on. Apparently yeah, want hundred million and the firstborn child of every single player in the club. Kind of thing and uh, freedom, freedom to graze their sheep in the in the city of Nottingham, that sort of on stuff. On the pitch, I think on the pitch. Yeah. So watch this space. Like we said, the transfer window remains open until the end of August, so we've got at least another three weeks of this sort of saga. What will normally happen is that Middlesbrough don't sign anybody. Obviously, they've signed someone today, but usually case they don't sign anybody, and then with about two minutes to go in the window, they'll sell their best player. So. Let's uh, let's all strap ourselves in for that little joy happening, and then all, obviously all that will happen there is it'll be someone who Andy is really happy to pick for his scorers in the games, and he'll have to re-choose another name. Well, when you so, said that they were going to get rid of their best player, I was like, Duncan Watmore, because you know it's going to be. Yeah, we'll come on to him a bit later on because uh, unfortunately Duncan Watmore might be in my uh, not so good list at the moment. But we'll come to that in a minute. So, we dive in to last week's predictions and we start in the place that Middlesbrough and Hull are hoping to get this season. It is indeed the Premier League with Newcastle United going up against Nottingham Forest. Um, 
must admit, the only bits I've seen of this are the, the bits that were uh, on Match of the Day. Um, it wasn't great viewing, if I if I say so, as, 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 a, as a sort of forest observer. Mr Moore, do you want to break it down for us? I think, I, I think it's one of those things where, you know, I, like I said, I when I did my prediction last week, it was a hopeful 2-2. Or, yeah, hopeful draw, I think, one or something like that. Um, hopeful, hopeful one-all draw. I just thought, real, realistically, I think we kind of talked about kind of if Newcastle carried on the form that they finished last season in, they were a decent team. They've added to this squad that was already okay. And I think, unfortunately, Forrest just came up as, I, I just, not ready, I don't know, kind of thing. I think, Listening, reading the reports, and watching watching some of the highlights as well, I think they went with the idea of to frustrate Newcastle and come away with a draw. I think for an hour that worked, and then is it Shaw scored scored an absolute worldie of a goal with an absolute cracking finish. So if people haven't seen that, it's definitely worth a look. And I think at that point, then the resistance is broken, isn't it? That kind of thing. Um, Chasing the game to get back into it and things like that. Yeah, yeah um, and then so Shaw scored the first one, and Wilson scored a really nice goal. I thought it was a really nice, clever finish, um, and just dink it over the top of the keeper, like come, cut across the defender, dink it over the top of the keeper. Um, but yeah, Forrest was summed up with. I can't. Let's have a look. We've got the stats here, um, like the basic stats. It was, I mean, sixty-one percent to thirty-nine percent possession. 23 shots to 5 shots, 10 on target, 0 on target for Forrest. Um, you know, yeah, I, th- I think I, I think kind of by the way other people are talking that Newcastle are going to be a good side this year. Um, it seems like they started that way and not all the best players were playing. So as it, Botman wasn't wasn't in the team. Um, they'll probably add to the, t- to the squad that they're looking at, looking at. And I think it seems disheartening and people kind of go, oh man, you know, it's not the best start. You know, we'll see what what obviously what the weekend brings. Um, but looking at the Wilson goal, uh, we really all should have picked him because he scored four goals in the four goals. He scored a goal on this first day of the season, four four out of the last five years. So uh, yeah, should have picked him. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a long season if they don't add more to the squad even though everybody's horrified by how many players they've added to the squad I think it was quite an interesting thing a lot of it's done the rounds today that they've kind of gone uh, this week that they've gone back on the offensive on the fact that we've lost seven players and out of the 13 players that we've signed one's gone back on loan and seven players have been replaced have replaced kind of you know two keepers because both of our keepers have left you know we'll see they need to bed in and they need to bed in quickly uh, because the last thing they want to do is go to the uh, World Cup when November rolls around, and they're in single-digit points. That that would be the worry. Yeah, I think I think it is just that classic case of you know you can either go one of two ways when you get promoted. You can come up and either hit the ground running and get a really positive result, or you come up and just that golfing class is quite clear to see straight away if there's not a lot of players that have experienced. The, the, the division before. I mean, obviously they had 
Lingard and Henderson in there. Outside of that, I don't know how much Premier League experience was in the team. Surridge may have had a game or two at Bournemouth back in the day. What, but Cole, Cole Beck's been a long Cole time. Back, I suppose, had a few games at Premier League level, that's true. But apart from that, you're looking at Warhol, never played in the Premiership. Cook wasn't in. Uh, it was that Nyakate, who was apparently really, really good. Wilson singled him out for like, he said he'd give me a rough afternoon kind of thing. Um, McKenna's played Scottish Premier League, not 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 our not English Premier League, and then the rest of the team, no, no, it's yeah. no, no real. Like you say, I think it'll just take time. It might take a couple of games just to get them there, but obviously the hope is that they'll bed in pretty quickly. I mean, we'll, we'll obviously come to it later on, but they've got a home game this week to to give them the chance to settle in and things like that. So I don't want to I don't want to fat shame people on the uh, on on the podcast, but Lingard looked out of shape. Would be my uh, analysis of uh, of him. His his forest shirt looked full. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, would be the look on <laughs> you know you're kind of like looking you're like ah not had a full pre-season there have we mate <laughs> listen his name might crop up later on in the podcast but it is what it is like obviously it's only one game there's no need to there's no need to panic but from a predictions perspective, uh, perspective sadly three of us picked a one-all draw that was myself Stu and Matt um both me and Stu did pick Wilson to score for Newcastle, so there is a there is a byproduct of a point there for both me and Stu. There was also a two 0 score thrown into the mix by Andy. Unfortunately, it was two 0 to Nottingham Forest, so there's no goals there. There's no there's no points there on the board for Mister Cook. So after one game, the scores are myself one point, Stu with one point, no points for the other two. We move down the division. And we go to the northwest, and we take Preston North End versus Hull City. I get the feeling this might not take that long to go through, Mister Woodman C. No, um, nil nil. Let's move on. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll give it a little bit of a breakdown. Again, the only bits I've seen of this are the highlights package from ITV. <laughs> didn't look like the best game it looked like Hull had a chance early in the first half and then it was basically all Preston pretty much but even then it wasn't as if there was any clear cut chances I think the closest anyone came was Robbie Brady either hitting it against the bar or just over or testing the keeper and that was about as close as it got um, any, anything else to say really? I mean there's not much to say on top of that Brady was definitely the closest um, having sort of we've mentioned the old boys curse ruling last time out kind of did wonder what sort of a game he'd have and I listened to the commentary on it um, as we were out and about and his name was mentioned a lot um, not not just because that's the only one that the uh, commentators remembered but um, the, the statistics again summed it up in the sense of the away team as in Hull, were, were clearly there trying to nick one. And in the end, neither side had the quality to actually put it away. But um, Preston, Preston had two-thirds of the possession. Um, they had six shots on target, whereas Hull only had one. So it 
again, it, we, we talked about this before for Hull, about them having time with all these new signings to, to build that team chemistry. We are still very much in developmental stage for this because um, that ain't it. <laughs> last last Saturday's game was just not not the one. So yeah, but still unbeaten in the league. So uh, we can uh, we can go from there. Absolutely. I mean, you do every now and again. You just get these games, don't you? Where it's just neither team can really break the other one down and. Just peters out to a to a nil nil draw. Sadly, this one was that that exact case. So, from a predictions perspective, um, Stu had a Hull win three one. Matt had a Hull win at two one, and Andy had a Hull win one nil. I was the only sensible person to go for a draw. Went for the two two draw, so I get a point for that. But other than that. <laughs> Can we, just, can we just clarify that he said sensible person and then very quickly glossed over 2-2? Two, two. <laughs> <laughs> but man, mate, when it comes to the uh, picking the actual uh, result itself, no danger. We move from the northwest to central London, where we see Queen's Park Rangers take on Middlesbrough. And oh my... If there's one thing that you don't do as a football team, it would be give your opponent a 3-0 head start within the first 30 minutes of the game. I mean, why not? Well, unless you want to make it you know, interesting for yourselves and give yourselves a bit of a mountain to climb. Yes, this was the case. Unfortunately, Middlesbrough lost this game 3-2. Um, as, as I said, they were 3-0 down within the first half an hour of the game with goals from Joe Willock. Jimmy Dunn and Lyndon Dykes. They didn't manage to get two goals back. One uh, scored by Matt Crooks in around the 35th minute. And then a, uh, a second goal from Marcus Fors, the first for the club in that in that regard. Um, they did have a third goal chalked off for on for offside, which I haven't I haven't seen an angle of yet to say whether or not it was offside or not, but that usually indicates that it probably was offside and therefore can be chalked off correctly um, but yeah just terrible the, the goals were the first goal by Willock was an absolute screamer he picked it up in his own half driven with it no one's put well people have tried to put a tackle him up got nowhere near him and then pff, he's just absolutely rifled it in the top corner keeps that absolutely no chance the second goal <laughs> <laughs> I nearly messaged you about that one because I was like, wow, what's the keeper doing? Yeah, I mean, just just terrible. There's a corner that comes in, the keeper goes to claim it, thinks he's been pushed by somebody, um, doesn't get anywhere near it, free header, 2-0, bad, bad, bad goals to concede. Um, and the third, I'm not going to lie, I've completely forgotten how the third went in. At this point, I think I just thought I just lost all interest in most of A Lyndon Dykes header. Hmm. Well, the, the interesting thing with that was that I think Lyndon Dykes hadn't scored in something like thirteen games going back to last season. He had which, a lot of space. Would be my uh, thing. A lot of space in the penalty area. Yeah, not being picked up at the back post as always. It's just criminal defending. Usually, if a player's on a long on a long run without scoring, it's easy the case of try and get the Borough in, see if they can do him a favour. <laughs> um, the two goals by Borough, the the, the the first by Matt Crooks was just a, a simple corner that he just bullet headed in, 
Uh, and the Marcus Foss goal was actually quite a nicely well-worked one where they just worked it across and worked it, they fired one across the old corridor of uncertainty where Foss just bundled it in, couldn't really miss, which is ironic because uh, Duncan Watmore did miss the week before in a very similar position. So, from a predictions perspective, we all had an away win on this one, apart from Mr Woodmancy. Didn't Middles have a man sent off at the death as well? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Daryl Lenehan with, uh, I believe, we would we would class that as a robust challenge in these, uh, <laughs> these times. Yeah, I was uh, going to go for a different R. I was going to go for a rugby challenge. Oh, it was it was horrific, and <laughs> in no way, shape, or form was it you know a questionable decision. He was. Uh, I, I don't even think it was his second yellow. I think it was a straight red, um, which yeah, I that thought came. Which I thought came with an automatic three-game ban, but apparently not. It's just a one-game suspension. Oh, I maybe maybe they maybe they downgraded it to a booking. Um, but who knows? Oh, wow. Maybe what maybe it was a second yellow. I don't know. But yeah, it, it, it just kind of summed the game up. Really, they, they weren't able to get back into it once they got themselves three 0 down. It's not really going to help you. Um, from a uh, like I say, Stu was the only person to go for a QPR win, so he gets himself a point there. He did pick Elias Chair to score the goal, so it doesn't get any points there. I had a 2-0 Middlesbrough win, so no points from that perspective, but I did have Force and Crooks to score. Two delicious, tasty points right there. Uh, Matt had a 2-1 Middlesbrough win, had goals by Dykes, one point, and Force. That's another point right there. So that's two points for Mr. Matt Moore. And Andy, had Andy, same as me, had a 2-0 Middlesbrough win with goals from Watmore Mm-mm-mm. and Crooks. For so, those of you keeping the scores at home, that is two points for myself, one point for Stu, two points for Matt, and a point for Andy. The next game we have to come to is Cup Games. But before we get to the Cup Games... I feel like we might just need to take a small break just to uh, recharge our batteries and then dive straight back in with the Cup Fiesta. Recording in progress. We're back. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, and we are going to, as we said before, give you what can be described as a Cup Fiesta. So we dive into the first round of the Carabao Cup. And we go to West Yorkshire, where Bradford City took on Hull City. Uh, this game was live on Sky. So the, uh, the the few amongst us who have access to that particular channel were able to uh, watch this televisual feast and uh, enjoy. Did we enjoy it, Mr Woodmansey? For about 25 minutes. It was like, I, th- I thought Hull started fairly well. It was all looking promising. They had a little bit of swagger about them. Um, played, sort of worked the ball down the right-hand side. Got it to the byline. Wasn't going to be able to put the ball into the box, so it got pulled back out, recycled back to the edge of the box when Ozan Tufan absolutely levered it with the side of his foot. Um, keeper did get a good hand to it, tipped it onto the bar, but unfortunately for the keeper, it also then hit him on the back and went in. Um, so as, as much as it will, uh, Tufan went off and celebrated. It did officially go down as a Harry Lewis own goal. It was, a, it was a hell of a strike as well. It was a hell, well, sorry, a hell, well, a hell of a strike. It was a hell of a strike. 
hell of a save because it was definitely going in. And, yeah, the, yeah. and the keeper definitely tipped it onto the bar. So lucky that he just sort of like managed to come down at the same exact time as he landed on the deck mm. to then rifle back into the into the goal. So very, very unlucky. But if if not only for the uh, end result of that particular strike, but also for the end result of the game overall, he might as well have not dived for it really, had he? Because ultimately, Hull lost 2-1 because they subsequently um, got done with a move down their left-hand side, so Bradford's right, ball came in, and who should be there to head it in, but none other than Andy Cook. Now, obviously we've got, we should have a bit of a bone to pick here, because he didn't even tell us that he was taking time from his busy podcasting schedule to start the season with Bradford City, so explain yourself. Well... I'm 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 tired of not having much of a say in all of these uh, scores that we have to predict. So I've decided to make my own scoreline by uh, booting up and not content with doing us once, but he also did us twice five minutes later. So scoring the winning goal just before half time, um, you know, which as you can imagine alluded to a really boring second half, um, but yeah. A whole lost 2-1 out of the cup at the first hurdle. Avalazzi did this great act after the game of being really annoyed about it. But I'm pretty sure him and um, Sayad Banesh were probably just working out the Just Eat order. Um, other than that, yeah, that just, no, just not good. I thought he did change the team around and he changed the team around more than I anticipated. Again, because of this whole chemistry business, um, a good portion of the the what you would class as the starters were definitely on the bench for the game. Uh, but even the introduction of like Coyle and, and um, Figueredo later on, like did, did nothing really. Although I did say to you guys at the time that Figueredo definitely looked like the man that had just walked into like the under 15s game because he is a mountain. Um, so yeah but still just one mock up that we need to get knocked out of this year now and then we're all good well you can't you can't win them all or any of them for that matter um, but from a predictions perspective nobody had a Bradford City win so no points from a result perspective the closest was Mr Moore going for a 2-2 draw um, sadly, he had the, certainly not, and, and none of us picked uh, any of the correct goals because obviously none of us had an own goal for Hull's goal. Disappointing, and as we said before, none of us even remembered that Andy was playing in this game, so didn't pick him to score. When, I'm absolutely wounded that none of us picked up on that. I feel like we've let ourselves down big time. <laughs> we've only got ourselves to blame. Is basically what. Stewie's saying there. Uh, our last game of the cup-based nonsense takes us to the, to the northeast and beautiful Teesside Riviera. The river dance was a tenth full, maybe. I don't know. I haven't checked the attendance. I haven't checked the attendance. Well, there was plenty of empty seats. Let's be honest. If they're charging what, they, what I think they were probably charging for tickets, I'm surprised anybody went. But um, 
Uh, Middlesbrough were playing Barnsley in, uh, I believe, a repeat of last year's first round of the Cup, potentially. I can't remember. I have to go back and look. Um, and it was a similar result to last uh, to last season, as uh, Barnsley have come away with a 1-0 win, scoring in the 93rd minute, I believe, with a shot from the edge of the box by Benson that the keeper decides, rather than catch, he will try and punch, and punches directly into the path of the onrushing aforementioned Benson, who tucks the ball away, wheeling away to the joyous tens of Barnsley fans that had made the trip up to the River Dance. And uh, they smash and grab, so to speak, with a, with a 1-0 win. Um, from the, the small bits of footage that I've been able to see via the Sky Sports News coverage... Uh, in the first half, Duncan Watmore was put clean through with a one-on-one with the keeper and managed to uh, put it straight out. So, given the fact that they have signed Matthew Hoppy today, dare I suggest that Mr Watmore's time at the Riverdance may be coming to an end sooner rather than later. We'll see in the next couple of weeks. But from a perspective of predicting, surprisingly enough, Nobody had a Barnsley win. I went for a 3-0 Borough win, Stu 2-0, Matt 2-1, Andy 1-0. So from a perspective of predictions, only Matt had a chance to win a point here, but did not pick Benson. He went for Norwood, so no points across the board for that particular game. So, for the week's totals, Mr Cook, one point from five games. Mr. M- Mr. Moore and Mr. Woodmansey, two points from five games. I did manage to pick up four points from five games, so if, we, if we're doing it as a win, I suppose I get the win, but no one's really recording it, so that is what it is. We move to the next week of games, and we start this Saturday in the Championship with Hull City taking on Norwich City. Now, probably uh, probably going into this off the back of Hull being the form team in this one, which is strange. You would have maybe thought that Norwich were the, uh, would have been the favourites for this one, obviously having come down from the Premiership. But obviously Norwich have opened up with a loss and a draw, whereas Hull remained undefeated in the league. I think this could be a tight game. I've gone for a 1-1 draw. And I've gone for Estupinian to score, get off the mark for Hull. And Dowell to score for Norwich. Mr Cook, what do you see happening in this game? I'm still I'm still gauging the way the season's going to go. It's early doors, so I'm still putting the feelers out there. So I've just gone with a Hull 1, Norwich 0. And I'm uh, I'm going to keep plugging away at, uh, at Longman to score until he actually scores, and then I'll bin him off for somebody else. Very nice, Mr. Moore. I have gone for a two-one Norwich win. One-two. Your whole goal scorer, please. Two fun. Two. Your two Norwich goal scorers, or is there only one? Uh, I've got Pookie and Sorensen. I thought about picking Sorensen there, so I'm worried, please. 
I believe he is the left back. Centre mid on the thing I saw earlier, so. Go on then, Stu, tell us how it's actually going down. Are you going to the game? No. Oh, we've got a, a repeat of a 1 2, but with some different goal scorers. Was that well, two man Pukin and Cantwell? There's only one goal scorer different, but yeah, I have gone for Norwich to win 2-1. Uh, two fan to avenge the own goal ruling from midweek. I'm going score a screamer. Uh, just in time for us to collapse again, and uh, Puki and Cantwell to score for Norwich. No, I'm not. I'm not going to the game. Unfortunately, um, we were scheduled to be away this weekend, and uh, now aren't. Symmetrical, so why not? It's very true. It's very true. We move on. That's that's Saturday's games done. No more games on Saturday, so we have to move to Sunday, where we jump back up to the Premier League, and it is the first home game for Nottingham Forest in the top division since 1999. I imagine this game will be close to, if not a sellout completely. It's live. On Sky TV, so I imagine the atmosphere will be very, very nice. Very, very good. I have gone for a 1-0 home win. And, as we always say on the podcast, the old boy rule is in effect. So come on down, Jesse Lingard, for a 1-0 Nottingham Forest win. Mr. Woodmansey, what have you got? Oh, my God, please, God, don't do that ever again. <laughs> he did, he tried to do the old Jade Links, whatever this bollocks is. Oh, I just did it to Andy, because it's easy. Uh, I, well, actually, as soon as you mentioned him, he is actually on my list as well. well unfortunately for Matt, I do have it down as Forest 1, West Ham 2. So Lingard for Forest. Yep. Your West Ham goal scorers. I've gone for Bowen and Antonio. So you've gone for the old boy rule, but not sort of in this game. Oh, mm-hmm. you went for the old boy rule. Antonio did play for Forest. I did contemplate putting him down. Mr. Cook. 2-0 to Forest. Knew it. Power, he's, do you know what he's used there, lads? He's used the power of positivity. Um, now, unfortunately, this is my last week on the podcast as um, as I've used a New Day reference there and any, uh, any viewers hopping over from the wrestling podcast, the Getting Over podcast, will know that Andy absolutely despises the New Day. Therefore... I'm pretty sure I'll be getting my walking papers at the end of this recording. Um, your two Forest goal scorers, if indeed there are two. How do you spell P45? <laughs> um, 
Number one strap back. He's got to get all them goals for me to win points at the end of the season. Johnson. We're thinking, but Graben's left. Johnson. And using the magic of the internet and as, as best as a best attempt as I can get, I've gone with Taylor to score the other goal. I believe he was on the bench for the first game. Don't know if he came on against Newcastle, but. He did not. Uh, Mr. Moore, as as the resident forest expert, please break this one down for us. Let us know how the uh, I mean, how I've the, done it. I've done it again. Hit the fan. <clears throat> I'd forgotten. I'd forgotten what I predicted last week. Uh, I've done it again. I've gone for an optimistic, hopeful two two all draw. Okay. Uh, I just think it's gonna. I think, like like we said before, I think it's gonna take a little bit of time to settle in. And if there's new players coming in and stuff like that, it might take a, a few weeks, which is worrying considering when you see the, t- the games that we've got. Um, but I've gone for Lingard and a one to score. That's apparently how you say it. There was somebody on the radio this um, on Saturday saying it's a one ye. Um, <laughs> a one ye to score. Exactly right. Is it? Exactly. And I've gone all in on the old boy rule and Antonio double because he's been saying nice things about Forrest just to butter everybody up. <laughs> just so he gets his I round think, of applause. I think I've never seen him in the in the flesh but I, I think I would be horrified at how massive Mikhail Antonio actually is. I think it's it. Oh, oh yeah. Because when he, when he was playing for Forrest and Reading, and Chef Wednesday, he was always a player I really wanted Borough to sign because he always looked really good against Borough. I think, like when he left Forest, it was like one of them things where it was he had to go because Premier League football. But it was also, oh man, if we could could have just kept hold of him. I think because he went, he might have gone at Christmas. I think I think he probably went. I think he went into January. And it was like, oh. and then he just didn't play for them either. Um, well, well, obviously, when he was at Bur- when, oh, when he was at Forest, he was a winger, wasn't he? Yeah. And then obviously he's gone to. Oh, they've they've just replayed the uh, the, um, what more chance on Sky Sports News, and it didn't get better. The second view. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, he was a, he was obviously a winger at Forest, and was played as such. Um, and then obviously he'd come through West Ham I mean, I'm assuming as a winger and then they just had this striking crisis so he's been pushed up top as the default option because they had nothing else and he's obviously just made it, he's made the position his own hasn't he? So. Is he their top Premier League scorer because you're know, forgetting all the previous however many years of football before that or the previous you know like anything that yeah, happened Yeah, t- Tony Cotty's just there just going you yeah, Tony Cotty's like, yeah, yeah, do you remember me? I was like, <laughs> Gary Lineker light. Can anybody just acknowledge the fact that uh, I might have existed? You know, um, whoever else, Trevor Brookin, uh, someone like that, uh, you know, Jeff Hurst, you know, all these, all these people who played for West Ham. But um, I think that, the one stat that I saw that was really interesting was, um, um, uh, was the fact that the Forest midfield by average, was 10 kilograms lighter than the Newcastle midfield. So, like, it's kind of talking about that muscle and kind of 
strength to be in the midfield, and that's like saying, you know, I mean, how how on average? I mean, I know how you could put ten kilograms on, but putting ten kilograms on the correct way, as opposed to get yourself down to Greg's and Dunkin' Donuts and wherever else to kind of whack your ten kilos on, um, as opposed to putting on ten kilos of muscle to make your midfield more, and that'll change with kind of players like Mangala coming through because he's he looks like an absolute unit of a guy. Um, but I think that kind of difference of like 10, 10 kilograms shows how they were getting held off and stuff like that. So, you know, I think there'll be changes to the side. I've, obviously, I've gone with Awonyi. I think, I think he might start because um, I think he, he had a good effect against Newcastle. I think Mangala might also start for uh, in the place of Colbeck. Um, and we'll go from there and see how it goes. But um, a hopeful two-all draw. Yeah, I think we sort of jokingly potentially said that Surridge getting the start last week might have been more of a, well, if I start him, at least I can say that I gave him a chance and that gives me the, the like, the, the, if he doesn't do well, I can bring in the new lad and say, well, you had your chance and you didn't do very well, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I suppose it depends on the kind of... Surridge is really good for chasing down and forming that kind of 10, 11 men behind the ball. He does a lot of running, a lot of closing down, a lot of that kind of thing. I'm not saying that the Awani doesn't do that, but I would suggest that maybe he's not quite as... Maybe doesn't quite not not buy into it because I don't I don't think they would have bought into it. But maybe not quite as much that as Surridge's. We'll see. We'll see. But you know, yeah. to stay in this league, you need a fifteen to twenty goal season striker. Surridge probably isn't that. No, I would agree on that. We jump down from the Premier League back to the Championship to take on. Middlesbrough versus Sheffield United. This is Chris Wilder's former team coming into town. Ooh, tough game. Mr Cook, what have you got down for this? 2-0 to Middlesbrough. Two? Goal scorers, please. What more to redeem himself from earlier and Crooks to get another one. Very nice. I think because he played tonight, the chances of one more starting on Sunday are very slim, but I've been wrong in the past. Uh, Matt? I have gone for a two-all draw. Mmm. Goals galore. Certainly wasn't that tonight. Your goal scorers? Crooks and fours for uh, Borough. Yes. And Berg. And Norwood for Sheffield United. I really hope that someone comes in and buys Sander Berg because he is too good for the championship. I was thinking that the other day when I watched the goals, their goals from the weekend, because his goal at the weekend was very, very nice. Certainly was. Mr. Woodmansey. Unfortunately for you, Paul, I've gone for a Sheffield United 2 0 win. Oh dear. And your goal scorers? I'm going for Norwood and Ndaye. 
Oh god, I've spelled it wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I went a bit back and forth on this one, and then I remembered that Sheffield United's record at the Riverside is absolutely atrocious. Um, I don't know the last time they got a positive result here. Any, any, anybody else hear that kiss of death? Just being <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm fully aware. <laughs> I'm, I'm setting myself up for the uh, the fall off the chasm that is my life. Um, but going off that, I think Wilder, given the fact that last time they played, they got pummeled four nil or four one actually, might have been. I don't think he'll want a repeat of that. I think he'll he'll know they've started the season slowly. Given tonight's result as well, I know there's a lot of changes in the team. Um. He'll want a positive reaction. So I've gone for a 1-0 win with fours to get the goal. That's the weekend's fixtures, but there are some midweek games in the Championship. No second Forest game, sadly. So uh, Mr Moore will be able to give us a, a rundown of a second Forest game. But we move back into the northwest and we go to Burnley versus Hull City. I, sadly for Stu, have gone for a 2-0 Burnley win on this one. I thought Burnley looked very good in the opening game against Huddersfield. Didn't do quite as well against uh, Luton in the second game, but I think there's, uh, there was enough signs in that early first game of the season where they can um, probably uh, hurt a whole team that's still trying to find its feet. I've gone for a 2-0 win with Cullen and Harwood Bellis to get the goals. Mr Moore? I all I've gone for a two-one Burnley win. Goal scorers: Barnes and Cullen. And for Hull, Sayad Manesh. Sayad Manesh. I feel because he put it on the back of his shirt, we should probably start calling him Alaya or whatever his name is. No, 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 that's no, a lawful, like a liar. Does that mean that we have to also call him Ozan full stop two fan as well? Has he actually got the full stop? Yes. Oh my. That is interesting. Mr. Cook. Done I've done myself here, but I thought, why not? Uh Burnley nil. Hull one. Here we go. Ready? Estupinan? Estupinan? Thought I'd mix it up a bit. Make it out nice. myself. Nice. Well, Longman can't score every week, can he? So. Um, he's got to save himself. Can't even get the team at the moment. So it's or, <laughs> or any of the weeks, as it turns out. Go on then, Stu. Tell us how it's going to do. Tell us how it's going to go down. Well, I predicted us to, us to lose. I predicted... Forest to lose. I've now predicted Middlesbrough to lose, so let's just continue with that shit and go for Burnley to Hull nil with Cullen, obviously, and Costello. Now, is the Costello spelled in a kind of weird way? Well, Costello, we also have a stadium in Hull called the Costello Stadium, so there is a link there. I know it's not technically the old boy rule, but it's... uh, C O S T E double L O E. I don't know what that is spelled the right way. Oh no, got an E on the end. Um, very 
Very good. That leaves us with one game left to predict. And it takes us to the Potteries. For a Stoke City versus Middlesbrough game. Uh, we'll, we'll carry on with Stu. Give us your result for this one, please. I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to put it for a clean sweep of losses all the way across my predictions, so I have gone for Stoke 1, Middlesbrough 1. Goal scorers? Gale for Stoke. <laughs> Gale? And for Middlesbrough, I'm going to go for the new kid, Hoppy. Ooh. Very nice. Mr. Moore? I've gone for a Stoke 2-1 win. Homer. Goal scorers, please. Couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> uh, uh, I've gone for Gale, for Stoke, and Smallbone. I mean, what a name. <laughs> what a name. I, I, just bet saw it got teased. I bet he never got teased at school. <laughs> I, I saw it and I'm like, yeah, picking that one. Uh <laughs> and then Akpom for Borough. Mr. Cook. 2 0 to Borough. I like this guy. I like, I like his thing. I'll stick with a career on you. Um, I've also gone with uh, Chuba. Um, and I'm throwing my hat in the ring for the, for the, the new hot off the press guy, Falls. Falls, can you feel that? Um, I've also gone optimistic and I've gone for a 2-1 Middlesbrough win. The old boy rule does it does come into effect here as Lewis Baker did have a loan spell at Middlesbrough early in, earlier in his career. Um, I have then gone for Akpom and I have also gone for a debut goal for Hoppy. I'm still surprised at all that action. You are? I'm surprised at all the Akpom action. I thought he'd be a chance he might not even be there by then. He has made his he has made himself very, very much a part of the squad. He came on at half time against QPR and changed that game massively. Um so I think I think he's firmly put himself into the manager's plans for the rest of the season. That brings us to an end of the uh of of the uh, the predictions section of the podcast. There is just um one thing to go through, which is the second round draw of the capital of the sorry the capital one the Carabao Cup. Obviously, Middlesbrough and Hull sadly no longer in the uh, in the competition as they managed to get themselves ditched unceremoniously at the first at the first hurdle. However, Nottingham Forest jump in at the second round stage and have uh, been awarded with a trip to Grimsby. For their for their first game in the cup this season, I mean um, you say rule one. A little bit fishy that does. No, uh, uh, do you know what I've said it? They're not. They've not been rewarded with a trip to Grimsby. They've been rewarded with a trip to Cleethorpes. Is it oh, the ground not in Grimsby? The only pl- the only well, I was going to say the, the only the only club who don't play in their hometown. But uh, yes, the ground is officially in Cleethorpes, not in Grimsby. Uh, had they got through Hull would have had a home tie against Blackburn Rovers 
who knocked out Hartlepool United. So had they got through, we might have had Hull versus Hartlepool, which would have been nice. And had Middlesbrough got through against Barnsley, they would have had a chance to beat Leeds. Ah. But they would also have had a chance to get absolutely twatted by Leeds. So <laughs> let's, uh, let's not even think about that as an option, shall we? You know uh, what, people, I'm pretty sure people come for the predictions but stay for the uh, technical terminology there. Is the, uh... <laughs> that, that brings us to the end of the predictions roundup. Um, I'm just going to quickly flip back through my pictures. As there was something I felt I needed to bring up, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs> just, oh, there we go. So, Coventry. First home game of the season against Rotherham was due for last Sunday. However, a pitch inspection was set for 6pm on the Saturday evening. And after seeing the pitch in this state... Bear in mind, not a ball has been kicked yet this season. Uh, that's because they were play, They played the Rugby Sevens for the Commonwealth Games there. Ah. So it had, like, what, four or five days of being... Well, two, two, however many days of being uh, just, yeah, absolutely destroyed by rugby. Yeah, the upshot of this is, uh, I don't know if these are just unconfirmed reports at this particular time, but there is a there is a possibility that Coventry could be getting a points deduction for not hosting that game. No way. Again, I don't know if that's confirmed. I've just seen little, little bits and pieces uh, um, flicking around on Twitter, things like that. Um, but they also had their first round cup game tonight against Bristol City, moved to Burton Albion. So... Bristol City's fans thinking they're going to Coventry. No, no. Just keep going an extra 40 miles or so. It's it's less Burton's closer to Bristol than it is uh, Coventry, so... Ah, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, they had, to, they had to play a home game at Burton Albion because their pitch is in an absolutely terrible state. But just thought I'd bring that up because, yeah, first, first home game of the season and you can't even get it put on, but obviously wasn't aware of the Rugby Sevens being played there, but... You just make alternative arrangements. Arrangements. You you'd offer to switch the fixtures, surely. Well, sure. Yeah, surely. You'd, you'd, yeah, you'd you'd kind of be yeah, because you know they, they all give this pretense of it's all com- completely computer generated and oh, there's no you know it, it all just falls into place magically. It might well no, because it might be worth giving us a couple of weeks of no home games so we can get the pitch sorted out after it's been. Wrecked by the uh, the Commonwealth Games, but yeah, 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 and and that's definitely been done before. When Harrogate got promoted to the uh, the football league, they had a three G pitch, which isn't allowed in the football league, so they had to rip that up and put in turf. So I think they didn't play a home game until the fourth or fifth week of the season. So it has it has been done before. I think Sutton United was the same last season because they had exactly the same situation. So it's not it's not as if there's not a precedent for doing it, but. Either way, we'll keep an eye on it. If it comes through, obviously we'll uh, we'll update you on the uh, on the podcast. But thank you, gentlemen, for joining me again to uh, to go through another uh, championship and Premier League bit of football nonsense. Join us again next week, where we'll basically do the same thing again. Hopefully, with more points. Hopefully.
with more points from both the predictions and, more importantly, actual football team perspective. <coughs> well, yes, thank you all, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll catch you at the next one. So there you go, what do you think to that? Another one done, another load of games gone, and another load of games to come. Before you go, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop any reviews you might want to drop. And uh, if you're pootling around the internet and you're out a bit of a loose end, you can always check out our website, it's thecookiecast.com. There you can find social media links and an email button. You can get in touch with us and you can uh, let us know what you think about what's going on with the football these days. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye. And I'll see you then.